sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get Get it it for for free in the the App Store. Hey, Liz. Hey, Mackenzie. If that is your real name. <laughs> yeah, that was a very adversarial energy. Yeah. Um, it is my real name. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. fine now. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, welcome to Wisteria Gays. My name is Mackenzie. My name is Liz. And we are a show where we are gay and we talk about every episode of Desperate Housewives. Oh, wow. That sounds like a good show. I, I, I should check it out. You should check it out. Look at us doing an intro two weeks in a row. <laughs> what are we? A podcast? I don't know him. <laughs> I can't believe it took us a whole season yeah. and some change to realize we should introduce ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think we used to do it in the beginning of the show. Maybe. I don't but remember. then we kind of dropped off. Oh, for sure. We are inching up on our, just because just you were saying when we first started, we are inching up on our one year anniversary as a podcast. We have to do something to celebrate. I feel like we just started this podcast. Yeah, me too. And already we are almost a year into it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure based on our like release schedule we're gonna be finishing season two around our first anniversary oh that's exciting we should do something very special we have to do something so special we we should we should if anyone has any suggestions for what you want to see for our one year anniversary spectacular yes please dm us dm us we've got some sweet dms this week i i just want to say i love you all that listen to this podcast and i love that you message us with some sweet things yeah i just i'm so happy that people enjoy the show and enjoy hanging out with us we love being able to talk to you about yeah desperate freaking housewives desperate freaking housewives speaking of desperate housewives i really liked this episode yeah it was a fun one i can't believe the one episode i didn't like was the mark cherry written one and then now (laughs) the last two episodes i've loved i mean I can believe it because (laughs) I feel as if the Mark Cherry episode didn't go with the rest of the vibe of the season. Like it didn't fit, which is why we didn't like it. Yeah. And I'm, I loved the last episode. I really like this episode. Yeah. This episode, season two, episode nine, we're discussing today. It is called that's good. That's bad. And I will say, Wait, I'll wait till I get the Sondheim watch because this episode premiered November 27th, 2005, was written by Kevin Murphy and directed by Larry Shaw. Oh, wow. And with hashtag Sondheim watch, the title, That's Good, That's Bad, I assumed it was an Into the Woods one because I, I guess feel like I could imagine Into the Woods being like, that's good, that's bad. When did, did season one of Desperate Housewives premiere in 2004? Yeah. My whole world is turned upside down. <laughs> I spent a whole season of this show with you and with you saying 2004. Yeah, it was my a, brain just it went one in one ear out the other. It was a fall 2004 show. And then like the second half of the season went into spring of 2005. And so I think it was like a fall spring show. So like, yeah, yeah. there's like a kind of winter break. That like, makes sense. Yeah. I apologize. 2000 for freaking four. And now I'm we're in 2005. Hell yeah. I was 10 years to old. You. Why are you sorry to me? Because I haven't been listening to your dates other <laughs> for than a whole year. <laughs> for a whole year, I can't believe this marriage is ruined. Um, <laughs> I was probably like nine if you were. I was ten. ten yeah. Then, yeah, we're babies. We're little baby. We're little babies. baby boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the musical, yeah, I thought it was Into the Woods, and I was wrong. It is actually from a musical called Hot Spot, and Sondheim was a co-writer on this song. <laughs> so they're doing some deep dives for some sh- some stretches for their Sondheim. I mean, they're gonna have to do stretches if they have eight seasons. That's true. That's true. Um, another thing I want to say, my favorite was Stereo International. In Germany, it was called The Good Guys and the Bad Guys, which Hell makes yeah. sense based on, you know. Yeah. Some, some voiceover. But I want to say, I have seen this series. When I read the French name... I, I my brain short circuited because I truly could not remember. I was like, I knew this storyline was coming up, but I didn't realize it was coming so soon. So when I read that in France, this episode was called "The Nun, the Brunette, and the Ex Gangster." Oh, I lost. <laughs> That's like an old movie title. Yeah, the the Nun, the Brunette, and the Ex Gangster. He also wasn't a gangster. No. Um, I want to watch a movie called uh the nun and the brunette i mean (laughs) there we go there There we we go go. there we go now we're cooking with gas um that's all i got 
okay for the top of the <laughs> i don't know i looked at my notes and went nothing else all right do you want to wade in let's wade in let's do yeah. a soft let's, little wade let's go in slow today let's go in slow let's not dive in let's let's, let's let let's like test the waters first um anyone who'd ever been to Bree's house during a party thought she was a perfect hostess i almost said ostess but no ostess but the (laughs) with the ostess (laughs) um the the ostess with the hostess yeah there we go um brie just she takes care of her guests during dinner parties uh and people respect her for it what a king i did notice that she's wearing the famous dress so you knew what was happening i knew what was happening um but we'll get into it in 30 seconds in 30 seconds uh she's at a dinner party everybody's about to eat and then <laughs> i love all of these people that we've never seen and, and will we, never see yeah. again that are all breeze friends i love them so much i wish we got names so i can write them down <laughs> um but we hear music coming from outside and so brie excuses herself i'd recognize table. young hercules anywhere <laughs> um brie goes outside and sees that george is serenading her and he's like don't give up on us baby (laughs) (laughs) what song do you wish george was singing i wish he was singing i'll be watching you (laughs) i wish i wish he was singing when i think about you i touch myself (laughs) oh my god (laughs) um also for my comment for anyone that doesn't know roger bart was the singing voice of young hercules in the 1997 hit film hercules my favorite roger bart performance (laughs) i mean it's a very good one it's tasty um but brie goes out and says like you gotta leave i don't want you here i have people inside and he's like i'm not giving up on us i'm not gonna leave even if you call the police i'm not leaving i when i when i saw this happening i was like this feels so wild and immature that he would just like sing karaoke in the middle of the night yeah in the middle of the street and at first i was like maybe this is the show trying to show us how immature in relationships george is but then i also thought do you think they just want they they wanted an excuse to give famed broadway actor roger bart an excuse to sing i think somebody went this would be a fun bit to do. And then we everybody can agreed. sing. We know he can sing. It's his last episode. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> we got to give him a chance to sing. Get yeah. those little pipes going. Yeah. But George isn't giving up. No. So Brie goes back inside. She tells her guests to like sit tight. Um, dessert will be coming out soon. And she goes upstairs. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. I predicted this a couple episodes ago. Yes. Um, that George wasn't going to leave her alone. She goes upstairs. She gets a shotgun and she yes. shoots at him in the lawn. And I am so happy. I am so yes. happy. I was right. Iconic Queen Brie. I am loving her season two. I'm loving her these last couple episodes, especially. Yeah. Um, I The fucking shot, that gif of her just, you know, cocking the shotgun is so iconic so funny i just she's great i love this moment for brie we this is the moment we mentioned we have on a t-shirt yeah. both liz and i have <laughs> brie holding the shotgun on a t-shirt oh i'm gonna wear it this summer all the time <laughs> and then we get the opening credit the short the short one yeah yeah just they're just switching stuff. over to it at this point i guess um, and we get the second Mary Alice voiceover saying that good guys were white and bad were black, according to children, because that's how they determinate, uh, like, goodness and badness. But they can't always do that in real life. And we see uh, George zooming in on his bike. Because sometimes the worst guys look like good guys. Yes. Bree is literally like, stop stalking me. And he's trying to grovel and and she's staying strong. And I was very proud of her for being like, no, please fuck right off. Because I was, mm-hmm. I, I just, even though I knew how this would end, you know, this episode, but I was, I still was like worried she would be pulled back in one last time. And she might have almost, and we'll talk about it later, but I'm glad that she held strong. and was like, yeah. fuck the fuck off, dude. The the last two lines that they say to each other in this scene I thought were really good because George goes, hey, I'm not a bad person. And then Bree says something along the lines of like, I do know that, but I'm not sure you're a good one either. I loved that line. Yeah. That was a really good line. And then we pretty quickly cut 
to the office, which I feel like we haven't spent a lot of time at the office no. recently. And Lynette is presenting a fucking hideous design. <laughs> and Ed is correct in being like, this makes my brain hurt and it's ugly. Goodbye. And he leaves because he's like, redo <laughs> it. And Nina is like, cool. Suck my ass. You all did a bad job. You're staying late. And then Lynette is like, I'm here to unionize. <laughs> and we think you should be nicer to us, Nina. But everyone... At first I was like, did Lynette just decide to do this without running it by anyone else? But then it seems like they all planned to maybe confront Nina, but they all wimped out because Nina scares them. Yeah. Which, yeah, like Nina is scary. Like maybe they're just intimidated because she's so hot. And her boobs are out (laughs) at all times. times. Yeah. I'd be, if if that was my boss, I would also be intimidated because I'd be (laughs) like, your cleavage is in my face at all times. And I'm highly distracted by it. Um, and then we cut to Gabby. Oh, a weird prank. Yeah. Um, he, so, like, Gabby gets a phone call, and the voice on the phone says that Carlos has escaped. He held a guard at gunpoint. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then Carlos comes out behind her and is like, hee hee. I'm armed and horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> armed and horny is me. Yeah. I did say, there was, like, a moment where I was, because I forgot that he got out so soon. I guess I wasn't expecting him to get out this quickly. And they explained it more. Yeah. So I was kind of confused. Like, did I forget that Carlos does this? And then there was a little, cause the voice didn't really sound like him for a moment, but then there was like a little moment where he had the kind of Carlos mumble, you know? And then that's when I was like, Oh, this is Carlos. I did think that it sounded like him a bit. So I was like, this might be a little, a little pranky. He, he almost got me. Uh, but he tells her that he got out early, he got paroled early because there is a church group that is specifically helping Catholic prisoners, which I think he's been pretty open that he's Catholic, like him and him and his mom are both yeah. very Catholic. Um, and I wrote this tracks because I, I went to Catholic high school and there are a lot of groups like that that mm. are specifically helping prisoners. So Interesting. get lit. So this, this tracked for me. And that's basically it. They fuck. Yeah, they fuck. Weren't they having conjugal visits? Why are they so horny? I think they had one conjugal visit. I don't know if they had any more. I feel like they... What? The lawyer is gone forever now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, He didn't die, right? I don't think so. I don't believe so. What happened to that guy? I think he just kind of went off and they forgot about him. This season, and I've already forgotten about what happened to him. Yeah. Well... (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll have to do a re-rewatch podcast. (laughs) Um, we start over when we finish the series. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> if anyone, hey, I'm going to do it if you are. <laughs> and then we cut to Susan and Julie. They're outside of Susan's dad's store. And we find out that Susan just wants to see what he's like and not tell him that she's his daughter. And Julie's like, that's kind of weird. Weird. I don't think you should do that. I think you should be upfront with him right away. But why would Susan ever listen to her daughter's very reasonable advice? No, Susan's wild this season. Susan, she's she's gone a little off the deep in terms of wildness, but there was a moment I did like from her later. Yeah. I think Susan has really good moments still, but I think as a character, she's lifted off the ground and she's been levitating a bit (laughs) instead of staying the grounded person she was. She definitely feels different than season one season and not like in a drastic way, but in a way to where it just, it just feels weird. Like Mm -hmm. she just feels like a different character in a little, a little small way. Yeah. But she goes in there and she kind of just like stares at him for a bit. And and he is like, Oh, you must be here for the cowboy hat giveaway. And she tries to kind of get out of it, but you know, he's a nice guy. Right. So he just, he's like, no, it didn't cost me a dime here. Here's the promotional hat. And he goes and puts a little hat on her and she stares at him like he hangs the moon. And immediately we know as an audience, I think that like, <laughs> oh, Susan's not going to be as detached. She wants to be from this, is she? I will say, though, that even though um, what she was doing by like being like, oh, my, I have a dad. My daddy gave me a hat. Um, <laughs> it was cute to see her so giddy, yeah. even though... The circumstances were just kind of like, Susan, come on. Yeah, it was definitely being played for comedy, and I thought it was cute. It did make me laugh, because, yeah, she goes back out, and she's like, Julie, my daddy gave me a hattie. And Julie's like, what the fuck? My daddy gave me a hattie. I'm sorry. I'm glad that made you laugh, King. I'm so glad. Wait, um, shirts that say my daddy gave me a hattie, or a hat that says daddy my gave da- me this hattie. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, I want to tell you that sometimes in my notes, I try to shorten words so that they're easier for me to write. Like Mary Alice is just M.A. Mm-hmm. And I've got gone to the point where I'm calling Gabby and Carlos Garlos in my <laughs> <laughs> in my notes i like that and i don't know what their actual ship name is so if Cabbies. anyone knows please tell me yeah cabby garlos garlos is fun garlos is funny <laughs> gablos i don't know if anyone has a real ship name for them let me know carly but... y- yeah that only has the y in gabby's name though so? it's still funny <laughs> Shout out to our friend Carly. <laughs> um, but Garlos is post-coitus. We cut to them. He needs a snooze after blowing Gabby's mind with that biting thing he did at the yeah. end. <laughs> and <laughs> Gabby looks at his belongings and sees a lot of letters from a nun named Sister Mary Bernard. He starts freaking out and he's very embarrassed by the letters. And he is telling her that he is on a new path to become mm-hmm. closer to his God. And Gabby looks pretty appalled. Yeah. I have thoughts about this later, but I actually don't hate this for Carlos. No, I I am excited to hear your thoughts later about yeah. it. Yeah, I wrote them just later, so that's why I'm like, I don't want to look for them, but yeah. I'll tell you my thoughts later. And then we quickly transition to poker. I missed poker so I miss much. poker. One, I would like to say, Susan Cowboy Hat, lesbian of the episode nominee. I also wrote that. I was like, should we just give her a nom for being in a cowboy hat? Yes. Like, that feels right. Yes. Anyone that's in a cowboy hat in the show, lesbian of the episode. It's also a black cowboy hat, which is the superior bl- cowboy, cowboy hat, hat. Very I would lone have to ranger. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that low nom. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Also, I love that they're all playing poker. Yes. You know, normally I, it's like one person's missing. I love seeing them all together as friends with Edie there as well. Liz, I love and this. Like, it's so cute. I love this. I love that we got to see them all being kind of cute and jokey together. And something I really loved that it was... um. It wasn't a scene of them delivering the exposition to each other. It was a scene where they all already knew the exposition. So it was like checking in on things. And I feel like like it's nice to see that they do know what's going on in each other's lives. Because I feel like they never show the women all together as no. a unit as much as I would like them to. And so sometimes I'm like, do the women know what's happening with each other? Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I liked that it was, it was, it felt very casual. It felt really realistic of like, um, you know, Lynette, how's the job going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were going to meet your dad. How'd that go? Like it just, I just liked how casual and normal it felt. And I just really, really hope we get more scenes like this. So where do all I. the women are together. They're just checking in with each other and it still progresses plot. It helps progress. Maybe the decisions of the characters in a fun way. I loved this scene a lot and it was funny too. It was like a cute, funny scene. Cause they were all being yeah. jokey. Sorry. I rambled. I just loved that scene. No, you're good. You're good. They need to use poker more. They've set it up as like a place for them all to be together. And I feel yeah. like they underutilize the poker at night. I want them to do it more. Um, but in the scene, we find out that Susan's plan is that she wants to work at her father's <laughs> shop and yeah. so that they can get to know each other better before revealing herself. And Edie pretty quickly is like, Okay, I'll go first. That is the most idiotic plan I've ever heard of. Why? Because it all hinges on him responding to your personality. And let's face it, you are an acquired taste. I love Edie. Yeah, me too. I miss having her around. Yeah, me too. I kiss her. People on Instagram keep tagging our account in photos of Nicolette Sheridan. And to that I say, thank you. (laughs) I think I liked what Brie did here too as well. Because she says she kind of realistically tries to help Susan keep her expectations low. Which we see later she does not do. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Brie's kind of like, you need to stay stable. You need to stay grounded. Yeah, don't expect too much from this man. Yeah. And then we see Lynette going back to the office to pick up a proposal of sorts. Yeah. And she hears kind of... No, she sees Stu. In his panties. In his, in his <laughs> panties. Um, run into Nina's office, goes and follows, puts her little detective cap on. Oh, Detective Lynette for sure. And she sees Stu and Nina getting down. Where is Bina when you need her? But then... Nina and Lynette make eye contact. Okay. <laughs> Lote? 
Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. I I couldn't my nominee is for for a lesbian the episode this episode are feral. Yeah, I so did, are mine. I did put them into my bucket because I thought them making really loaded eye contact during yeah. sex was kind of funny. Hey, I don't let's know. do it. Let's just put them in there. They're in the bucket. I don't know if they're winners, but I was just like I really wanted to give it to Nina once and she never was gay enough for us. Yeah. So I just threw her in the bucket. And that's basically that whole scene. Yeah, because then we see the next morning, pretty immediately, where she goes in and is like, Nina, you could be fired for that. So be nice. I'm going to get you fucking fired, Nina. <laughs> Which, what a power what move. A power move to use blackmail to just get someone to be nicer. <laughs> I actually wrote uh, Lynette Lesbian yeah. of the episode. I don't oh. know if she's hot when she's mean. <laughs> I'm into it. Why yeah. not? Let's chuck her a we separate Lynette. We haven't had a Lynette this season yet. No. i miss her sorry are you okay yeah i was just moving my position it's okay um i'm down yeah let's toss chuck her in, in that bucket toss her in that bucket and then we pretty quit and that's that scene lynette just wants nina to be nicer yeah. as blackmail um, and then we go to Carlos. He's putting on a little suit. We find out that he's on his way to mass. Way to go, King. And that the nun is going to pick her up. I was really hoping she was going to be a super hot nun. <laughs> she is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, your hopes were fulfilled because Gabby looks out. And I wrote Lesbian the episode because she walks up to Carlos and is like, she's smoking hot. Yeah. And I was like, Gabby... Do you think Sister Mary Bernard's hot? Hey, fuck it. Put her in that bucket. Put her in that well. bucket. Put Gabby, put Gabby wanting to fuck a nun in that bucket. <laughs> um, <laughs> my nominees are idiotic for this episode. I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, she sees this actress. If people who follow Mark Cherry's other shows may recognize her, um, after Desperate Housewives, he did a show called Devious Maids that starred mm -hmm. um, Ava Longoria, actually. And apparently this actress was on it as a much more prominent role. Oh, wow. And so, like, she, I guess they just like her. I guess they met her probably on the set of the show. And then they ended up casting her in a big role in Devious Maids. I can't wait for her to be here for three episodes. And that's <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she's like a Mark Cherry actor. She's been in a bunch of his pieces. Hell, yeah. She's pretty. She's cool. I think that's it until we cut back to the office, right? Because mm -hmm. then we cut back to the office and Lynette is arriving and sees that there's a new receptionist. This woman who's been in a thousand TV shows. Yeah, she's I feel funny. like I've seen her a bunch in TV shows and movies. Her name's Pat. Yeah. We find out that Nina fired Stu to get rid of the blackmail implications because Nina doesn't want to be nice. No, Nina's like, fuck that. Yeah. And she sort of, in turn, not even blackmails, but just threatens Lynette with like, yep, Stu got fired and there's also going to be some more firings. I think you should just be aware. And Lynette is like, bitch, what? Yeah. They have kind of a face-off. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what else happens in this scene other than Nina being a bitch. Yeah. And then we go to Susan at her dad's place, mm -hmm. her dad's work place, not his actual place. He lives with the with the <laughs> oats, yeah. Yeah. And she's trying to get a job with him. And she's like, "Listen, just give me give me a try." And I was so concerned because I was very worried that this man was going to start hitting on her. I also thought that because there was a moment when she was just kind of staring at him sweetly. And clearly he took that as flirting. I was worried he would flirt yeah, back. Yeah, because she goes, your eyes, they're just they're, like mine. They're beautiful. Sparkling and she full was of like, love. <laughs> I would, I completely understand why he thought she was hitting on him. Because I yeah. was like, Susan, you're accidentally hitting on your dad. Please stop. And he seems to think that his wife sent Susan as a test for their marriage. Um, later, we find out he has cheated before. Mm -hmm. Also, clearly cheated probably when he slept well, with Gilfy. We, we did because he yeah. was married yeah. when they slept so, together. So clearly this is a trend and his wife is trying to catch him. Uh, and he thought that Susan was the latest test to their marriage. But she spits it out. Mm -hmm. The truth. She spits out the truth. She outs that trout. What? Oh, yeah, I've I never heard that there. phrase before. It's because I made it up right now. Is that a gay trout? <laughs> she outs that gay trout. She outs that gay trout. And he slams a door in her face. He's like, no. <laughs> and then he, he doesn't take it well. No. And in this moment, I we were infinite. I thought 
I thought she, she killed her dad. I thought Susan's death count was now two. I was like, <laughs> Susan death count. Ding, ding, ding. She just killed her fucking dad. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. She did not. But she does enter the room. He closed to try to talk to him. And he is passed out on the ground. Yeah. And then I we- thought she killed him. <laughs> I was screaming. And then we cut to Brie visiting Dr. Goldfine in the hospital, which I thought was very sweet. I'm so glad he's alive. Yeah. Because I know we were holding out on a memoriam. I, out of, you know, out of, you know, I I try not to give you spoilers, but I knew Goldfine wasn't dead. Yeah. But I, so that's why I was like, we shouldn't do a memoriam for him. But I'm glad he's alive. Yeah. And I like this scene a lot. I thought it was an interesting scene. I did as well. The whole scene was uh brie and goldfine going back and forth talking about cures and like evil yeah and like she asks i think she's definitely obviously thinking of george when she's like could you cure someone and he's like i don't think i like that word which i I can yeah i can only help people i don't believe in like that there is in an end-all cure yeah people have mental health or they don't and i just try to help them through whatever path they need like which makes sense for his character and i thought that was like an interesting point of view and brie kind of is like i think there's like evil in in some people and goldfine also says he doesn't believe in evil necessarily he just thinks that people can be sick Mm -hmm. but in this oh yeah because she mentions the the man who pushed him off yeah she goes well the person who pushed you off of a cliff like do you not see them as like evil or or anything and he goes no like i i, I think i yeah like like you just said i don't believe that there is evil i think in that the world i think he was a sick man and, yeah. and i would i would help him which i thought was very interesting because that is probably not how i would feel about it but i think it just shows that dr goldfine's a really good person because yeah, even though a person he, pushed him off a fucking bridge he still is like i would help that man yeah and i think that's i think it's good that he's a therapist because he genuinely like sees that people can be helped and actively wants to help people he's a good guy i feel like some people just are like yeah i i will listen to you and i okay (laughs) i just think yeah i love this character i love this actor the way he's playing him um he was you know he's on he was ted on scrubs he passed away a few years ago and he's just a really great actor and i just i like having dr goldfine around the most important part of the scene though is that he mentions that his attacker had a little blue bike yeah and brie like knows in her gut that it was george yeah and we saw george on his bike earlier uh as a cue to like Brie. Brie and to the audience, I feel like. Detective Brie. She feels it in her freaking gut. She knows that George had to be the person who pushed Goldfine off. Yeah. And then we go to Stu and Lynette. Uh, I wanted to be Stu so bad in this situation just because I wanted to talk to Lynette. Um, (laughs) He's a baby. He's a baby. When he was like i didn't think you'd notice that i was gone that just made me kind of sad he seems like a sweet kid he may not be great at his job but he's like a good kid and Um, he was taken advantage of he was and lynette says obviously lynette is not being genuine i don't feel no she's she's genuine in that way yeah uh she's definitely just like i want you to come back and you know you can file a sexual harassment suit she's trying to keep her job you know yeah um, and he didn't and realize. No, Stu was like, hey, I consented, and I thought it was fine. And then Lynette goes, Stu, you're a gopher. <laughs> you can't consent to anything. <laughs> so I think you should talk to Ed about getting your job back. Even though he consented, there is a, an abuse of power there. Yes. And so, like, it, you know, it was it, it was an abuse of that power that she continued to use to fire him to protect herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Lynette makes him see this because even though Lynette is, is working, I think from more shelf selfish angle, uh, it is like something he should know. Yes. <laughs> like, so I, I am glad that he is aware that he was taken advantage of and I hope things end up well for him. So do I. Seems like it will when we get to the end of the episode. Yes. But for now, we have to go back to the hospital, but to a different room. A lot of hospital scenes this yeah. episode. Um, Susan is with her dad and he's telling her that she needs to leave. Yeah. She can't be here. His wife is going to be here soon. Like, thank you for saving my life. But my wife's going to freak out if she sees you here. 
Yeah, and clearly this is where the sort of illusion she has about him kind of shatters and proves Bree's point right because he mentions that he's had multiple affairs. Uh, he, you know, he calls Susan a, a love child and a mistake. Yeah, and she responses with a very like sweet, I just want to get to know you. And then he responds by saying, I don't want to know you. Yeah, that made me feel, re- I felt really bad for Susan. Yeah. I felt really bad for her because like, like I said, like I, I never felt that pull, but I understand that some people do. I understand mm-hmm. that some people really do feel like this is a part of me that I, n- I need, that I would love to know this person who helped make me. And it, it is sad that she's being denied that. I also think that sh- on the other hand, she is being a little aggressive and like she tricked him to get him in the same room as her basically. And like, I think that she could have gone about it in a different way. And I think that she could have gone about it in like maybe a more (laughs) a gentler way, maybe a letter. I don't know. Like, I I mean, we know from Susan, uh, gentle is not her strong. That is, that is true. But also I think it's just because she never had like a dad in her life at all. I think the angle that they're trying to come from is that like, I want to know where I come from. Yeah. And I mean, her mom, I want to know the person who, yeah. Like you said earlier, (laughs) I want to know the person who made me. Yeah. Um, so it's just like that, that like wanting to find a piece of yourself in somebody else, maybe. I don't know. No. Yeah. Sorry. You're saying that. And it's making me think like, I feel like she's so much of her mother's daughter, like her and Gilfie are so similar in like some of the more negative ways. Like they both are kind of airheaded. They're both very emotional. They're both very, um, they maybe tend to be more immature mothers. Like, you know what I mean? Like they both, they both kind of have those similarities and maybe Susan is hoping that there's like good pieces of Addison yeah. that, that she has too. Yeah. Cause I feel like she, she sees that she possesses maybe her mother's more negative qualities. So maybe she's hoping that this, this other person gave her some good ones. Yeah. I think she wants to like try to find the pieces of herself that maybe she doesn't recognize yet. Yeah. I don't know. It makes sense. I, under- yeah. I understand why some people would be annoyed by by this, but I I don't know. I didn't hate it. And there was another moment I liked because Addison's wife enters, and there is a moment where Susan could say something, and you and it kind of she kind of fakes Addison out into saying into thinking that she'll admit it, but she doesn't lie necessarily. She just says like I you know I'm your husband's guardian angel. I called the ambulance, and I made sure he didn't die, and. I think that we're seeing a trend of Susan taking the higher road with something. Yeah. Because with the Edie Carl thing, she didn't tell Edie about the Carl situation. With this, she didn't tell his wife about, you know, mm-hmm. the illegitimate child situation. So I think that that's another thing I like with Susan is that we are seeing a trend of her having to make these hard decisions to take the higher road in some of these scenarios. I really enjoy the fact that um, this woman who is... I don't I don't think we got a name for his wife. My brain wants to say Carol. Okay. But I'm not quite sure. But I think one of my favorite parts of this scene is that she looked Susan in the eyes when Susan was ha- was just tear filled and was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, thank you so much for <laughs> rescuing my husband. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Susan about to cry. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the only thing I'm sad about is that like she leans in and is like, I'm going to keep trying, which yeah. is very Georgie. Um because I, it's like, I understand that you want to be closer with your dad, Susan, but yeah. also if he really does not want to know you, yes. you need to respect that. And like, it's, it fucking sucks. It sucks, but you, yeah. But you, you can't force that because it's just not going to be a good relationship. No, if you force it, it won't be, you're right. It won't be a relationship. And like, he's not worth it. Mm-mm. If like, like I remember once again, sorry, I'm like bringing so much my own personal experience in that. Mm-hmm. But when I was younger, there was like, when I was really, really little, I had this impression that my dad didn't want to know me. And that wasn't true. Like we ended up getting to know each other later in life. Um, and he was like, I, I did. But like when I was young, young, I remember thinking like, Oh, it's something I did, which I think is where Susan's at right now. Is like, I did something to make him not want me, mm-hmm. which is, and, and I think that I remember my mom sitting me down and being like, it's nothing you did. Like if he doesn't want a relationship with you, that's on him. Mm-hmm. That's his problem because you are a great person. And I feel like I hope Susan maybe comes to that realization of like, it's nothing wrong with you. You are a good person and you are a good kid. Yeah. It is just, it's his problem that he doesn't want to get to know the person you are. And like, I hope that that maybe I hope she sees that or 
maybe he just is a good maybe he just becomes a good dad i don't know like yeah i i think that her you know i i, I genuinely as someone who's watched the series do not remember where the storyline goes <laughs> so i um i hope that this works out good for her but i also want her to realize like he's not worth it if yeah. he doesn't want it let him go yeah hey one I, day i'll bring personal stuff into uh, this hell yeah i like having these like deeper conversations about the show with you so do i it makes me feel good yeah I hope you all enjoy it too. <laughs> Everyone else who's <laughs> listening. I do truly feel like it's just you and me talking and yeah. I forget that other people listen to it sometimes. Hey, I, I I don't think that's a bad thing Hell because yeah. this, this really is at points just a conversation between the two of us. Just our and opinions, I, yeah. I love talking to you and I love hearing your thoughts about <sighs> things and I promise I'll get into personal stuff one day. I love you. I love you. <laughs> hey, I, I am sorry. I, I love just, you too. I have the, I have the absent dad experience. I got to bring my, right. my, my pro experience I, into this. I, I feel like I, I just have a very strange relationship with my parents and yeah. that like, I do not know them even though I grew up with them yeah. and they do not know me. Um, yeah. And maybe if that ever comes up in the show, I can talk about it. But I don't yeah. know. If I mean, I feel that's right a very like common experience for queer people. Yeah. Like your parents don't actually know you, and no. yeah, we have a whole podcast anyway. just about our parents. If there's I ever mean- a lesbian <laughs> mom, I can speak about that. <laughs> um, but hey, but yeah. Let's get to something juicier. Let's yeah. Let's move on to something a little juicier. Because we see George carrying his groceries home, yes. and guess who's at George's house? The cops. The cops are here. <laughs> uh, George calls Bree immediately and goes, "Bree, Bree, the cops are at my house. I don't oh know my what God, to do. They're at my house." And I love the fact that Bree is just like watching the voicemail go, and she yes. picks it up late, being like. I know what you did to Dr. Goldfine. <laughs> it was so dramatic and so good. <laughs> um, it was so delicious. Oh, she she lays it out. She goes, hey, I know what you did. And I called the police. And everything can get better if you just go with them and you can cooperate and we can move past this. I think at this point, she is because I think that there is a distinct shift. Yes. But like at this point, I think she genuinely wants to help him. Yes. Because she's like, they can give you the help you need. I know you didn't mean to do it. I know you're sick. And I, I'm sure that Goldfine's lack of anger towards his attacker also helped pepper yeah. maybe her feelings about it. Because it's like, if Goldfine's not mad, I should be level-headed about this as yeah. well. But he doesn't seem to want to cooperate with the police. No, he bolts. He just starts running. <laughs> Like, yeah, like he started like walking slow and then threw his groceries and ran like as if he was going to try to casually walk away. Keep the groceries, George. Those things are expensive. <laughs> Literally. Um, and then we go quickly to Sister Mary Hot Pants is coming over to the Solis house for dinner <laughs> or lunch, right? Lunch. I love that name. Is that what she calls her? Yeah. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, she's there for lunch, and they're sort of sitting, and Gabby's trying to interrogate her. We find out, though, in this scene that Sister Mary Hotpants does evangelical work. Yeah. yeah. Like, the church she's from is an evangelical church. I thought it was a Catholic church. I But she says, like, evangelical. She, the word is said, at least. It is said, but that doesn't make any sense. There aren't nuns in the evangelical church, right? That's like a Catholic thing, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about... That's confusing. Let's bring on someone who knows. Who knows more than us. Yeah, I don't know anything about Christianity. I went to a Catholic high school, do not really know anything about it. I just... I, I assumed nuns were like a Catholic thing. Yeah, I went to a Lutheran like preschool to eighth grade. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I graduated my eighth grade class with thirteen kids. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Wow. My we'll talk about thing. that in a later episode <laughs> when it comes up when the Lutherans are around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why she said that because I'm pretty sure nuns are only a Catholic thing. Please, anyone, feel free to correct us because I'm confused. But Gabby is like, "What's up with your relationship with my husband?" and all I, I, didn't, I didn't really write the linear events of the scene. I do know that they talk about charity work because that's what she mostly focuses on. And, and Carlos mentions that he would love to do more uh, charity, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. And this is where I sort of started thinking about, I don't hate this for Carlos, mm-hmm. actually. Like, I kind of, like, he's already seeming like a calmer and kinder person because, and I don't know, like, I'm not someone who necessarily believes in, in God. I don't, like, super love organized religion, but I don't think that means it's bad for everyone because mm-hmm. it seems like already it's making him a much more level-headed 
person. I do yeah. think it's a little bit of a quick shift because last episode he was like gr- grabbing Gabby violently. Like I wish they would have maybe showed us this discovery while he was in jail and then yeah. like hammered it home now. I'm I'm also very curious as to like if it's going to last. Yeah. I, I do like the shift in this um I almost said like personality or something like the shift in it is, the, the person that he's trying to be. Cause, um, this episode you feel like he, he wants to get better as a person. And I liked him more. Yeah. I didn't actively dislike him in an episode, which most of his episodes I do actively dislike him. I actually was like, yeah, I like him this episode. I just want to see this change span over multiple episodes. Yes. And I hope it's not just a one time thing. I agree. I hope, oh. I hope, Sorry, a three-time thing because <laughs> Sister Mary Hot Pants is going to be in the next couple episodes. Couple episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I hope that this is a, ch- a change that that not only tracks but stays. Because, yeah. I, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I liked Carlos's episode, which is something I never thought I'd say. But uh, Gabby has a problem when he says he wants to donate his car uh, for the charity. God, Jesus Christ. Gabby goes, hey, Carlos, I need to talk to you upstairs real quick. She seduces him because she knows he can't do anything after sex. So, like, she specifically seduces him so that he cannot give up their car. Yeah. Yeah. Also, her shoes are too small on her. What? (laughs) I, for some (laughs) reason, wrote down, those shoes are too small on you. Because when she flipped her feet up when she was trying to going to fuck him, um, her heels were, like, a full, like, inch off the back of the shoe. I did not see that. I don't know if... I'm not a feet person. I know that you are. Yeah, I love love feet. Um, (laughs) No, I just... I don't know why I noticed that. (laughs) I just went, Ava, that can't be comfortable, girl. I can't believe... (laughs) Um, But yes, you are saying the more important things that, yeah, he passes out of sex. And then she's this... Wait, is this when she has this weird... No, No. it's later. She has this weird confrontation with Sister Mary Hot Pants. You're right. Never mind. I won't get into it. It's later. Because we cut back to the office again. A lot of office this episode. A lot of office. I'm not... I'm not complaining because it's a useful uh, tool. Tool, and <laughs> so we find out uh, Lynette walks into the office, and so many people are getting fired. It's the insane energy of of everyone's being laid off right yeah. now. Yeah, her boss calls her into the office. Nina's out. You're in, Lynette. You're the new VP. You gotta get those things out of my <laughs> office by noon. Stat and get me three cups of coffee. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like this Ed impression. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like Lynette gets a fucking promotion and Nina gets fired because he says that Stu threatened to sue and but to be able to afford the settlement of the harassment claim, they had to fire a bunch of people. So Lynette's like plan worked out for her, but not for majority of people who work in this. Yes. Which sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Um, (laughs) And then... Lynette leaves the office, and I would also like to nominate this next little uh, character we get, which is just Nina. She's drunk at work with her half, like, her <laughs> shirt half open, just drinking wine. I do kind of love that, yeah. actually, for a load. Yeah. She's basically like, you know, I used to be a nice person, yeah. and then this job sucked my soul as dry as a fucking raisin. And I don't have time for any other aspects of my life other than keeping this business afloat because Ed is a baby. Good luck, Lynette. And then she like hands <laughs> her the wine glass and is like, you're going to need it. It looks so much like juice. Like they yeah. didn't even try to darken no. it to make it look like wine. It was like fully <laughs> fruit punch that she was drinking. I have a question very quickly. Do you have any more lesbian of the episode noms? I don't think i do no do you want to do you want to give it to nina in this scene why not why not because i don't don't think she'll be around anymore right because she's not i mean she doesn't work there anymore i don't know why else she'd be around the only way i would see nina coming back is if lynette like had to go to her for something yeah like i feel like like, i'm starting a new business (laughs) i feel like this might be nina's last episode so let's give it to her you know how i feel about jolie fisher yes she is my gay root um so, so drunk nina drunk nina but <laughs> also <laughs> jolie fisher for making me gay yes lesbian of the episode finally <laughs> thank god um congrats nina congrats mm. jolie fisher come on this podcast. jolie fisher come kiss me Can we get her on the show? excuse me probably not <laughs> i know <laughs> 
I always think I'm like, there's a threshold of people who I think would be down to come talk to us. And I feel like she is above the threshold of people who would be down to come talk to us. Yeah. Cause you gotta be down to clown. Yeah. And I will not lie. There's some people in the main cast who I think would be down to clown. We gotta start reaching out. We've I gotta feel start like, reaching out. I feel like Marsha Cross would be down to clown. Is that weird to say? I feel like she would, but also the name I think would put her off. Wisteria Gaze, because yeah. everyone thought she was gay yeah. in 2004. And I don't know how much trauma she has. And with if that. she goes to our Instagram, there's a video of her kissing <laughs> Felicity Huffman on our Instagram highlights, and she clicks and she goes, "I'm in." Do you think Ava Longoria is down to clown? I feel like she. I feel like she would also be down to clown. I feel like Ava I feel Longoria like she's is on the line for me. Like Ava Longoria is like on Instagram a lot. I feel like she'd yeah. be down. Okay. We're gonna. I swear. I know we're only in season two. I think they should be late season gets. But I feel like we will if we don't get one main if character. We don't get Andrea Bowen on this podcast. If we, okay. <laughs> Andrea Bowen is Endgame. <laughs> we have to get her on. Oh. I bet you she'd be down to clown. She yes. posts about gay people, so we know she's an ally and not a homophobe. <laughs> and we love her. <laughs> I love her so much. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps going all the way up my arm Just thinking about having Andrea Bowen on this fucking podcast. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I can't believe we're, we're ranting about We're going to get people on this podcast. I want you all to know it is in the cards. We are thinking about it pretty actively. Mm-hmm. One day. One day we're going to interview some people. I will say, getting back to this plot of the show, <laughs> I actually kind of like, I mean, this sucks, right, for everybody involved. Yes. This sucks for a lot of people. But Lynette, moving into a new position, may, like, we haven't seen Ed a lot, so now we're seeing Ed more. Like, I actually kind of am into this, like, shakeup for the Office storyline. So am I. Because I feel like the Office storyline was, like, the thing they were going into season two with for Lynette. And then it kind of fizzled out, and we haven't seen it. But now we've really got to refocus on it because it's a new job. It's going to be more challenging. Um, there's different characters in the office now. Like I think that I actually kind of like this shakeup to kind of um, refresh this storyline a bit for me. Hell yeah. I'm into it. So am I. And then we go back to the Solis house. Gabby comes down in just a robe and it's like, sorry, <sighs> we had to have a talk. And then Mary's like, yeah, I heard. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. That's funny. That's oh funny. my god! And then she pulls her outside and is like, "You want to fuck my husband? You married to God, bitch." I don't know. That's the energy I got. Like, yeah. why does she think this nun wants to fuck her husband so bad? I have no idea. It's because she wants to fuck her and she doesn't know where to put that energy. I <laughs> what like what do you? Because th- I wasn't getting like I want to fuck Carlos no. energy. I was getting. I want to help him, but there is something else there. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't get blatant fuck energy. Maybe because she's a nun. Maybe. I just don't know where Gabby's pulling this from other than like she's a woman who's near Carlos. I did have a thought during this episode where I was like, what if she's a scammer? (laughs) I would would fucking love that if she was a scammer and not actually a nun that would be funny that'd be so fucking funny liz i yeah i don't um do you think that she wants to fuck him i don't know this scene i was kind of confused because gabby does say like stop wanting like don't fuck my husband i don't want you to and then you know sister mary's kind of like listen i just want to help him but also some marriages are meant to be annulled and i didn't know if that was just uh i think that you two aren't good for each other or i want to suck his dick yeah i don't know like you know i understand that. sorry to be so vulgar sorry about that it turned me on was uh (laughs) no i think that like i understand maybe how i don't know i just feel like it's like is carlos really tempting this nun out of her vow to god yeah i don't know and and like yeah like mary hot pants was like i can't believe this is what we're calling her every time (laughs) um mary hot pants was like you know your uh vanity selfishness and adultery is what made him do these bad things which like i feel like the blame shouldn't completely go on gabby Mm -hmm. I, i agree that maybe these didn't help but he is an angry man who also loves money so i feel like I feel like Sister Mary is putting a little bit too much blame on Gabby, but I also am of the mind that they maybe be, would be better off apart. So I kind of agree with the nun. I don't know if I agree yeah. with her for the same reasons that she has, though. I do. I think I, I think I put that, like, I want this line in there, but it's also just, like, it's not a line that gives anything to the scene. I was just, like, when... um. 
Sister Hot Pants is like, What the hell kind of nun are you? Look, if you try to come between me and my husband, I will take you down. <laughs> I grew up on the south side of Chicago. If you want to threaten me, you're going to have to do a lot better than that. That's where we are. That's where we are. <laughs> uh, Liz and I have a bit, and my girlfriend is also in on this bit, where every time someone says Chicago in a show, we just go, that's where <laughs> we are. So I, I, I wrote that in my notes. I wrote, south side of Chicago, that's where me are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that's kind of what that scene is though. Yeah. It's sort of setting up the storyline of there's definitely going to be some face off between yeah. hot pants and Gabby. We lost one triangle. Here's a new one. Yeah, basically. I'd just like to say trigger warning for this entire next sequence, uh, relating to suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Suicide and, 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 you know, um, drug and alcohol abuse. Yes. I would say. Um, and then we go to George sitting in a hotel room. This whole sequence is like the rest of the episode, right? Yes. It's just this whole sequence. It is so fucking good. It was, I would like to say like right off the bat, creepy, no music, no ambiance, just George Oof. sitting kind of in the dark yep. in a hotel room. Um, there's a knock on his door. He opens it. It's a bellhop. He says, there's a charity dinner downstairs. One of the board members uh, her name's Bree. Give this envelope to her. And if she comes up to my room, call me. Creepy. And then downstairs, one, this dress. Fit watch. Gorgeous. <laughs> yes, I wrote it that. It was like such a low back. It was it, very sexy. It felt very Marilyn Monroe for yes. some reason. Or like Faye Ray, right? Yeah. Like, the, like the like King Kong. Yeah, like she looked beautiful. Um, the letter's given to her. She reads it and I didn't like pause, but the letter basically is from George saying, I'm upstairs in this room. I have taken some pills. Come get me. And she immediately calls Detective Barton and she's like, hey, I have something to say about George. And before she can say that, oh, I got goose fucking oh, bumps. I've been waiting for this moment. <sighs> Do you want to say it then? I Yes. Have the honors. Have the so, honors. I gasped. Detective <laughs> Barton tells her that... They found evidence in his house that suggests George killed Rex. They found Rex's prescription bottles. They found tampered medication. They found disturbing diary entries, pretty much laying out his plans for what he was going to do to get Brie. And this is the shift. I genuinely think Brie was going to help him until this moment. Yeah, so was I. So Brie, yeah, Brie shifts she goes into the elevator the bellhop calls george he starts taking the pills saying like she loves me she She loves loves me me not not. interspersed with brie having a fucking breakdown in the elevator she stops the elevator uh to like just fully cry which finally we Uh, see it just expel from her body i can't imagine the fucking anger i would be entering that room with knowing that this fucking man not only lied to me manipulated me hurt the people around me but killed the man i love i would be walking in with a fucking knife i'd be kicking that person's ass i actually i'd like to go back and i want to disagree with you for a second (gasps) disagree with me i think she still wants to help him at this point oh I have a very clear shift um, where I think it happens. I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get into the scene because a bit of time passes, right? Because he's in the bed and he's worried that she's not coming because the pills are starting to take effect and she's not there yet. No. So he calls an ambulance or he calls the operator to get Mm -hmm. him an ambulance. But once he hears a knock on his door, he goes, oh, never mind. They were just vitamins. And he hangs up. (laughs) Me. Um, So Brie comes in and... She wants to help him. Yeah. But she cannot forgive him until he admits what he did. And George starts talking about how I didn't hurt Goldfine. I didn't. And she goes, that's not what I'm talking about. Also, he's fucking lying. Yes. She's like, you killed Rex. And I know you did. And this is when I think the shift happens. And we can put in the line if we want. But he says, anything I may have done... I did for you mm-hmm. because you wanted me to. That's fucked up. And I think that's when the shift happens. Yeah, I think that this is the moment when she makes the decision to do what she ends up doing because 
I, I don't know. I mean, one, I was shocked that she would even entertain the idea of forgiving him. But he says that. And she looks fucking horrified. She looks horrified. She looks angry. And he's like, you need to call the ambulance. Or, or like, I need to have my stomach pumped. You need to call the ambulance. And he closes his eyes for a moment. Because he's drifting in and out. And when he opens them, he's like, did you call the ambulance? And she's like, yes. I called them while you were asleep. They're on their way. You're going to be fine. And he's just like, love you. And Bree makes the decision then and there to let this man die. Marsha Cross Emmy win. Fucking credible acting. Has she gotten an Emmy? I don't know if she did for this show. That's fucked up. I Just like this scene. <laughs> I feel like she's been nominated, but I don't. Let me double check. Yeah, so no, she's never won uh, Emmy Award. That's a, that's a shame. That's bonkers. This she did a, such a good job. Such a powerful scene. And, and the the ending monologue coming back in to tie it together. Compassion and cruelty can live side by side in one heart. And anyone is capable of anything. And that's why like people don't always... That's why people want to put people into these categories of simply good or mm-hmm. simply evil. Because we don't want to accept the fact that people can truly be capable of anything and yeah we see that carlos is praying we see that sister mary hot pants is praying but then like puts the like candle out with her tongue oh, i didn't see that she like does a lick and puts the candle out Weird. with her fingers i think to be like look how creepy she is that was a trick my cousins used to do with matches LOL. when i was a kid um we see nina is crying yeah as she's packing her things i actually i loved that because i think that was on one of the lines where it was like people aren't simply one or the other. And I think that like Lynette had a certain idea of Nina and like clearly Nina had more going on. Uh, Yeah. I think it's like Lynette had a certain idea of Nina and in turn us as the audience did as well, well. because that is all we We were able to to see. And we see Addison in the hotel room, hotel room, the hospital, he's in the hospital. (laughs) And then the last shot we get is Brie leaving the room with a dead George Rest in peace, bitch. I can't believe we have to do a fucking in memoriam for this guy. We do. We do. So look out for our next episode. We'll probably... I feel like he's a prominent enough character. We've got to do a full memoriam for Yeah. Him. Oh, I want to do a full yeah. memoriam. I want to get that song out there. Yes. I don't know what it'll be yet. I want to hear... I mean, I don't know if people have favorite moments of this character. I'm sure there's like some weird comedic moments that people yeah, might yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like... I would love to just hear people's thoughts on this character yes. as well. So check out our Instagram. our Instagram stories. Instead of favorite moments, I think that that is a good thing to say. Like, what are your thoughts about George or what are your final thoughts you want to say before we put this character to rest? Yeah. Per our normal in memoriams. Um, I'm very interested to see what kind of song you, so <laughs> you write for this man. I, I might want to keep the, the new tradition of you picking the music. And then you just doing it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. But with that, we put season two, episode nine to rest. Yeah. I loved that episode. It was There was so much in it. No Apple Whites. No. But I'm excited. I hope they come back soon. Yes. Because we're getting up to maybe halfway-ish through the season. Yeah. Next episode is 10. Yeah. So I think there's like 22 maybe in this. 22 or 23. Actually, I think the finale is a two-part finale. Oh. So weirdly, I think we might have 24 episodes in this uh season because the finale is a two-parter hell yeah so it's a big finale this year but i am excited to talk more but for now we have been wisteria gaze thanks for joining us if you want to find us on social media you can find us at wisteria gaze on twitter and at wisteria gaze underscore on instagram as well as our website wisteriagaze.com or wisteria.gay because we (laughs) bought that domain and it's very funny yeah and on our website you can find links to our merch page which is great as well as our patreon patreon's great it helps support the show we have some great tiers on there uh including uh getting a shout out so let's shout out lisa Tom. Annie. Thank you so much for being patrons, supporting the show, keeping the lights on. We appreciate you so much. Uh, we love you. You keep me young. So yeah, uh, you can check out patreon.com slash wisteria gaze if you want to help us out a little bit. Yeah. Other than that, um, reviews are a thing. Reviews I love reading thing. them. You love reading them. I love reading them. 
they help out the show as well. They let people find the show so more people can hang out with us. And they listen. help us get to number three in Thailand. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we usually like to pose a question at the end of each episode to help get the review juices flow. And you mm. never have to answer them. They're just optional. Yeah. And this week, I think it should be... What song do you wish George was singing outside? We did that of earlier. Freehouse? Yeah, I mean, I'm, we've done one oh, before yeah. that we answered so we earlier. Did, we answered that earlier. I answered "I Touch Myself" by the Divinals, and I said "Baby Shark." <laughs> I also wish he was singing Baby Shark. So let us know what song you wish George was singing at karaoke yeah. on Wisteria Lane when you leave us your review. Other than that, uh, you can find me, Liz, on any social media at The Pigeon Wizard. And you can find me, Mackenzie, also on most social medias <laughs> at Mackenzie Wilkes. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Mackenzie, I love you. <gasps> I love you. I feel very close to you. We are. We're a foot apart. The distance, it's not social here. <laughs> we live together. We don't have to go the distance. We don't have to go the distance like young Hercules because yeah. you're right down the hall. <laughs> uh, to everyone else out there, stay juicy. Stay juicy.